0: Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And this is our weekly or semi weekly podcast where we talk about film franchises that are kind of our our new modern myths. We're doing the Harry Potter series right now. And currently we're on the fourth film, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. This movie has some issues. Uh, (laughs) This is directed by Mike Newell. Steve Close is once again, I think it's actually Clovis. Once again, the writer. This came out in November of 2005. So they're on the 18-month schedule right now, putting out these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched this movie in a few years. I just watched it again recently. Uh, my my opening statement, I, I feel like I owe Chris Columbus an apology. <laughs> I, I think he didn't direct the worst Harry Potter movie. Um, this movie is so much worse than I remembered it. Uh, and yeah. I, I really feel like this is the result of a, a lesser filmmaker trying to replicate the kind of the energy that Quran is bringing to Prisoner of Azkaban it's like they're trying to do all the stuff that Azkaban does where it's very kind of physical and, and snappy but it's just in the hands of the wrong person it doesn't work mm. like all this good work with the actors is undone in this movie everybody's just loud and shouting and boorish they're all jerks <laughs> this is the first time the material ever felt like dorky to me um, yeah. like somehow this is the first pg-13 harry potter movie and it it's the most immature movie too mm-hmm. uh fred and george i hate it in this movie they're just such douchebags um they it's like they used to be cool and now it's like god those guys suck uh dumbledore is like a crazy old drunk <laughs> harry just looks like he's pooping all the time everybody has long hair for some reason even though it's like two months later than the last movie like suddenly they have like way long hair mm. ron is just a total asshole and even hermione just comes off like a like a flanderized like version of herself she's like way too bossy mm. um and production wise it, it just doesn't look good uh the lighting's terrible the story makes no sense at all if you haven't read the books i think this is the worst uh, of the harry potter movies unfortunately we get to talk about it what's your opening statement
1: <laughs> i like how you don't mince words there
0: I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I started watching this movie again for the first time in a few years, and it was just like, what the fuck happened? Like, is everyone on cocaine? Why are they all shouting? <laughs>
1: um, it's a weird choice to go after the director of Four Weddings and a Funeral and Donnie Brasco for one of these movies. Uh, to me, it's not total dog shit, but man, what worked for Koron's film beyond it being like a total visual treat was that it like took you like dynamically into the characters heads and their hearts and this one doesn't do that at all it just like i feel like we're being dragged along the backside of the plot along with harry half the time um yeah this is the one where ron is a real fucking tool like just a real heinous piece of crap And Um, never,
0: never, there's no real arc to that. It's like he starts like a piece of shit, and he ends like a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty shitty arc. Um, And indicative, I'll end my opening statement with, uh, what the fuck is the audience for the Triwizard Tournament really seeing? What are they witnessing for these spectacles? I mean, they're in the stands, Harry and the dragon fly away, they see nothing. The champions are all underwater for an hour, they see nothing. They're in a crazy hedge maze, they don't see anything. It's mm-hmm. like like that kind of simple thought, I feel like, was something that should have been addressed more in this movie. Ugh. Yeah.
0: All right, so those were our opening statements. Uh, we're going to do kind of top three moments, top three complaints, talk a bit about source material, a little bit of world building, and then just open up for general discussion. Mm. And we'll do our power rankings at the end. So, uh, top three moments. This wasn't exactly easy for me, but uh, do, do you have any, Marco? I I do. So,
1: oh, number number one is um. It's the thing that hit me the most when I first watched it. I remembered years ago. Uh, it's the end when Harry and Edward, the vampire, take the pork key back to the waiting crowd and everyone's cheering. And the hideous music's playing and Harry is just crying over Robert Pattinson's body. And it's that slow turn, especially as people start to realize something's horribly wrong. The screams of agony of Cedric's father. And like after the accounts of Hermione's heart, it's like one of the most brutalized and most human moments in the film to me. It reminded me of like uh, a far lesser. <laughs> version of the ending of like Nashville um I I don't know it's not a perfect moment but it's something that stuck with me I guess I enjoyed it in a way personally
0: I'm not a fan okay um I I felt like it was too quiet uh the way it's described in the book it's like complete I I think they they got it at the beginning of the scene and they like cut out everyone like it's supposed to be complete bedlam Uh, Hmm. nobody knows what's happening nobody can even really tell that Cedric is dead except the people like close like it's like it's just mass confusion nobody knows what's going on I feel like they started to communicate that and then they're like no we need to like really play up uh Mr. Amos Diggory who's been in like one other scene in the movie we got to like give him a big moment for some reason I just wasn't feeling it
1: (laughs) he's gone a long way from kicking his legs out of the porky
0: yeah that guy that guy, prime example of the overacting in this movie, is just like Merlin's beard! It's Harry Potter. It's like, take it down. Just a just a Just a tad. Just a tad.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, and that guy's that guy's acting real for auditions. He'll always have that, that bit of him just like kicking his legs as he comes back down to the ground. Oh
0: my god, that that bit with them in the port key where they're like bicycle legging down, like what why? Whose idea was that? Why did they think that was a good idea? They're like, uh, we want to show that Cedric sucks and is a pawn, so we're gonna have him doing this when he when he comes down from the portkey,
1: or like when Filch is running. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> fucking weird.
0: Before we get to the complaints, uh, my number one, I guess I would go with Moody demonstrating the unforgivable curses, even though I think it could have been done a lot better. Uh, I'd say that was decent at least. Um, his kind of ending of his speech with uh, "There's only one person who's ever survived the uh, killing curse, and he's in, you know in this room." Could have done better, but I'll give him credit for, you know, it's hard to mess that line up too much. And so I, I thought that was a pretty decent scene.
1: I like Brennan Gleason. Um, mm-hmm. The so- scene was, like, it was ridiculous to me only because he's like, does anyone know why they're called Unforgivable Curses? And Hermione's
0: like, because they are
1: unforgivable. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, right. And I'm just
2: like, uh. <laughs>
0: I wasn't a huge fan of the effect for the Imperial Curse because it kind of just looked like like telekinesis or something. Yeah. He's just waving his wand around. Like I don't think that really communicated what the Imperial curse is.
1: Yeah, I mean this could have if you took the sound out, this could be a movie about composers.
0: Like really flamboyant composers. Well oh, what do you what do you think the Imperial curse, Imperial Curse does?
1: Is that the one is that the torture one or is that the one that takes you over?
0: It's not the torture
1: one. It's the one that takes you over, like makes you act under someone yeah. else's will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it seems like half the time you have to say something and half the time you don't. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, I mean, what he was doing with that spider, it looked like some sort of telekinesis. It mm-hmm. didn't look like he was making the spider jump around. It looked like he was just magically moving the spider around. With the wand, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's your number two?
1: Um, so, after the mermaid underwater thing, the moment where mad Moody is doing the serpent tongue thing at Barty Crouch Sr., and it's like maybe he doesn't suspect that this is really his son in disguise. Like maybe he just thinks that Mad-Eye Moody is doing the most fucked up thing possible, like taunting him. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because the guy who plays Crouch senior is so cheesy. <laughs> and yet I thought like this was a, a really great bit of acting, like not, not the weird, like it, take, it rips us apart, Harry leaves us never quite whole, but life goes on. Like when he like finally dropped away from that weirdness, um, I don't know. I, I I have some wishes, things I would change, Mad-Eye Moody, even though I really like Brendan Gleeson.
0: Okay. Well, my number two is the uh, the Moaning Myrtle scene. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. That scene was, like, excruciating. Although it is kind of enjoyable and like, this is so bad, I can make fun of it kind of way. I mean, I guess Harry's a man now after that scene. Uh, <laughs> no, my, my real number two is Harry asking out Cho. Uh, I thought it was a, a rarity in this movie is that it was appropriately awkward, in in an adolescent way without being cheesy uh i don't know there's like a certain amount of restraint in that scene it was like you know exactly how you would imagine awkward kids Mm. it wouldn't act in that and harry you know kind of he's let down and you know chose sad but she's already said yes to cedric like that that felt like actual human beings there and not you know what the characters are doing the rest of the movie
1: You know, I'd seen this movie at least once, maybe twice before, years ago. And this is the first time I realized that she was
0: Scottish. Deep, deep Scottish accent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. What's your number
1: three? Um, While not a perfect scene, I was just so glad to see Hermione tell Ron off. and, And even if he doesn't get what a piece of shit he is, at least maybe Harry will learn a thing or two by example.
0: At the ball, the Yule yeah, ball. Yeah. At the end of the ball, yeah. Oh man, the Yule ball. Um, yeah, my my number three is also Hermione scene. It's when she screams, "I'm not an owl" at uh, Harry mm-hmm. when him and Ron are having their lovers quarrel. Um, I just like it whenever uh, Emma Watson and Watson can do her like angry British accent. I also enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I wish she had more like that and and less of like the the Cinderella story that erupted in the middle of this movie out of nowhere. And then mm. went away. So those are my three favorite moments. Um, complaints? I have a few. I'm going to try to stick to three. What do you got, Marco?
1: <laughs> so uh, here's one thing that's indicative of the film's logic. When Moody first makes his like bizarre introduction to the entire school and faculty in the cafeteria, Ron, Her- Harry, and Hermione spy on him taking a swig from his magical flask. Like mm-hmm. now, in any other movie, this would have been played for humor, and the kids' reactions to this weird adult being an alcoholic would have been funny. But the kids have to view this as suspicious and not a red herring because the plot needs this to be one of those totems that you can look back on to see where the plot is going. And it just, I, it 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 created like a, it was like a the stream diverged like, it's right there, or, or earlier, but specifically right there as the movie's going, and I'm just like.
0: What? In the book, it's established that the reason he has a hip flask is because he's so paranoid he won't drink anything he hasn't prepared himself, hmm. and so that's the lampshade they hang on that, yeah. uh, which they just didn't even bother to do in the movie.
1: I mean, so I guess I would need having not read the book, why, why do they need the Triwizard Tournament? Because if Barty Crouch Jr. can overpower Mad Eye Moody and infiltrate school and very effectively impersonate Moody for almost a whole year. Why do they need to stage the whole charade of Harry being a Wizard champion just to deliver him to Voldemort?
0: I'll get to that in a bit. They're not staging the tournament. The tournament's happening. They're just I get to that, tournament.
1: but like they're effectively playing out the tournament. I mean, he's he's influencing every aspect of it specifically to get Harry to be the winner mm-hmm. to touch that port key. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't he just teleport him the first night of school?
0: The reason for that is you can't just teleport in and out of Hogwarts. Though. If you, if you'd read Hogwarts of history, you'd know that as Hermione is fond of saying to Harry over and over and over again, okay. he <laughs> can't just apparate in and out of Hogwarts. So there's, you know, security measures set up. So this was the loophole that they could use to,
1: I mean, the multiple times that Harry would just step out on his own, like he couldn't just teleport him.
0: No, there's no teleportation. The apparition doesn't work on Hogwarts on the grounds of Hogwarts. Okay. So I mean, they they didn't include any of that to explain that, but yeah, that's that's why the, the the loophole was that there would be a port key involved in the tournament. It's supposed to just take you back to the, the entrance of the maze, uh, mm. and they you know rejiggered it to send him to the graveyard instead. That was it was all leading up to getting Harry to touch a port key so that they could transfer him somewhere else. Okay uh so what my biggest complaint or one of my biggest complaints this movie is that there's no sense of perspective at all um we should never get a scene like the scene there were it was just at night and the professors are talking amongst themselves Mm -hmm. harry's not there to witness it it's just like here's a separate scene where what with other people doing their thing and it's completely against the perspective in the novels and the perspective in the past movies like go if you go watch azkaban You'll notice that Harry's in every single scene. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Uh, it's because that's how the story is constructed. And I feel like that's a classic adaptation mistake kind of thing Peter Jackson does a lot of where you forget the perspective of the story that you're telling. We should we shouldn't see the adults on their own talking about Harry. That's just like it, to me. That's like you didn't understand the story you're reading if you wanted to have a scene like that.
1: Or uh, when uh, Russian Gene Simmons sneaks into the uh Uh a fire room
0: yeah we shouldn't see that scene the the there's a shot outside the castle when moody first approaches that first night and it's like you know lightning crashing like that to me says that the director doesn't understand the perspective of the story he's telling Mm -hmm. uh and and there is no perspective in this movie it's just like a random collection of scenes and i think there's a reason you need to make no connection to harry emotionally in this movie at all it's because the director doesn't understand that he's the center of the story Mm -hmm. uh so I've got more, but uh, what's your next one?
1: Uh, you know what? I'd rather just hear yours. That's pretty much all I had. I am I figured you were going to uh, dance on this stage. <laughs> I have a lot of stray musings, I guess, which will probably fall into the same categories, but it's probably just be one large okay. section of that.
0: Another big issue I had, and I, I didn't realize this because I'd only watched this once before, but the ending, uh, they force this upbeat, happy ending onto mm-hmm. the movie. It's completely off, totally, with the rest of the movie like Cedric just died Harry like literally is experiencing PTSD right now and they're just like hey let's have a happy moment and it's like flirtation and Ron is being a dick like what like I it baffles me why they tried to force a happy ending onto this movie I mean the the way it should end is the way it ends in the book where Harry's he's gotten the gold winnings for he won he technically won the triwizard tournament he doesn't want them uh, he doesn't know what to do with it. And so he forces them on uh, Fred and George to start their like joke shop. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, like, you know, people are going to need to be happy. Like, you know, go make your joke shop. Uh, And it, it's 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 happy ish, but it's not like everything's fine again. You know, it's it's a little bit upbeat, but it's not like the way this movie ends or it's like ah, another year at Hogwarts. That was fun. Somebody just died. Voldemort's back. You know, like there's no sense of the foreboding doom at the end of this movie. Also, they cut out the part where, like, Hermione's supposed to kiss Harry on the cheek at the end of the book, uh, and they cut that out. That annoys me.
1: Well, never mind the complicated uh, inner workings of their own personal dynamics of each other. Um, but also, after this movie, would you buy a fucking joke from Fred and George? <laughs>
0: no, because <laughs> they sucked in this movie.
1: I don't believe these guys could successfully run a business.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, that would all require altering the plot a little for the, the gold thing to make sense. But um, yeah, I didn't like that. Any. And then I just feel like the plot in general makes absolutely no sense if you haven't read the book. Like those scenes with Barty Crouch where like he's saying weird, ominous things to Harry. And then like later on, it's somehow the same day, but they're walking through the forest at night and they just find him and he's like dead or something. Mm-hmm. And it's never mentioned again. Like, what does that even mean to somebody who hasn't read the book?
1: Well, you find out, I think, you piece it together when you get the flashback from the Pensio.
0: I Kind of.
1: I mean, I had to ask you, what exactly is this guy's, like, job title? What is his role? I get that he's the officiant from the Ministry of Magic, but I was like, what is his actual role? Like, what is his well, authoritative what do you think, title?
0: What do you think happened with him suddenly just being, like, dead or incapacitated in the woods? Like, what did you think that was? I mean, eventually
1: I pieced together that somebody killed him. But, yeah, I mean, no, he's... Uh, I think you're just assuming that he's been murdered uh, by whoever. I mean, they kind of dropped the whole somebody's trying to get close to Harry mm-hmm. that you have to worry about. I think they should have played up. Like I said, I I have where I first thought they were going with Mad-Eye Moody, um, which I can get to later, I guess. But uh, they should have played up like the possible mentorship of Mad-Eye Moody with Harry, I think. That it would have been a very mm. different relationship than the one he had of Lupin.
0: Yeah, I have some thoughts about Moody later on. Um, like another plot thing, for instance, when uh, Dermstrang and uh, I think they say Bo Batten's, although mm-hmm. it seems like it should be Bobaton if if we're going like French. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when those two schools show up, they haven't mentioned the Wizards Tournament yet. You don't know what's happening. Suddenly, they're just like these Dancing. other schools show up, and there's weird dance intros. Like, what does that mean to you if you don't know the plot?
1: Well, it just it's like. Got well first of all, the fucking like stagecoach with the Pegasus, like that's the most campy, flamboyant thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, like they should be taking Cinderella to the ball, which I guess they do at some <laughs> point in this movie. But yeah, the the weird fucking
0: like, Lord, Bulgarian breakdancing. Yeah,
1: Bulgarian breakdancing. I mean, at the end of the movie Crumb looks like a like a communist warlord pimp. Um yeah, they're just dancing also, is this the entirety of those
0: two schools? Is this yeah, their they're, entire they're, student body? They don't explain any of that
1: because <laughs> uh, it's more than one one just class here. Because you have like Fleur's like little sister
0: there. Well, let's let's go into the source material because the my top thing is let's let's discuss the Wizards Tournament um, in the movie, but also in the book. I feel like the tournament is lacking uh, three events with only like if Harry wasn't supposed to be there, so it's like three contestants, three events. Mm -hmm. That to me is not much of a tournament. Like they, I don't think they even mention it in the movie, but they, they cancel Quidditch season for this. Mm. And so you're missing out. I believe you should get, uh, I think it's six Quidditch matches in a year. If I, if I did the math correctly, like they're missing out on all these Quidditch matches for these three events, which don't seem very spectator friendly and only involve three people. Uh, it just doesn't sound like you're getting your money's worth out of this. I really feel like a, a good tournament, it should be like five people from each school and there should be like seven events or something. Like it, this should be like a serious ongoing tournament. Like the, the success Harry has in the first two tasks, just give him like some extra seconds on the clock for the maze. Uh, and it's the same way in the book. It's like, I feel like they're, they're really overselling how cool this tournament's going to be because it, it seemed pretty boring. Did you oh, have yeah. any it's thoughts like, on
1: that? It's like they they took the idea of a triathlon and limited it to like single contestants. Yeah, it's it's dumb. I mean, and I feel like the role of Harry the the athlete like fluctuates because there's always a point in the in the course of each one of these books where he has to be ostracized from the entire student <laughs> body to yeah. then be like glorified. It's very like back and forth and bizarre.
0: Um, I mean, let me just like throw this idea out there, like, and this would of course, it wouldn't fit the uh, the point of the books and whatnot, but if if I w- wanted to design a triWizards tournament, mm-hmm. say it was like Harry Hermione, Malfoy, Cho and Cedric, like they're all on a team together. Mm-hmm. that'd be interesting, right? Having to work but- together, hating each other. Potentially,
1: I don't think they would. Fu- I don't think that those would be the students that get picked, but they Probably would be interesting, true. like character dynamics, like forced to work together. Yeah, yeah, like when uh, when Draco has to go out into the woods with them in the first one. You know, he's mm-hmm. so like wholly ill suited to to this task, but yeah, of course, Draco he was
0: barely be. in this too.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because they just keep rubbing him out more and more, especially in place of his father.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um some other just book differences that annoyed me uh Cedric is supposed to get to the cup first at the end Mm. uh it's like it's like he's running Harry's not going to make it and then Harry like warns Cedric about something and Cedric comes back to to rescue Harry Mm -hmm. and then Harry's like well go on you know you won you did it and like Cedric he's like "Ah, I can't do it you know like I don't know I felt like that that works better than the way they presented it in the movie which is just kind of like rushed and it was it was like the opposite where Harry ran back to rescue Cedric. Like it was like it was really showing you in the book like what a what a good guy Cedric was. It was like he, it was there he could have won but he's such a hufflepuff that he couldn't do it. You know, Harry had rescued him twice in the maze and so he's like I can't do it. Like you deserve to win. Uh, and they like argue about it for a while and then finally Harry's like fine we'll both we'll both take it at the same time. Harry's uh, like sparkle bitch. Yeah. I, I they just rushed through it in the movie and it's damaging to Cedric's character because I, I didn't feel much of a connection to him in the movie at all.
1: The weird the the weird like the them when when he's telling Harry about taking a bath.
0: Yeah, like as creepy as possible. He's yeah. like, why don't you take a bath with it? <laughs> uh oh, that,
1: that bathtub is goddamn huge.
0: Yeah, that is, that's the that prefect like, bathroom.
1: That is, yeah, that is a fuck bathroom. That is designed for orgies and water sports.
0: <laughs> it's and it's and for the it. prefects. So yeah. do the math.
1: Yeah. But um Personally, I would be fucking furious if I was knocked out and kidnapped and used as bait in a sporting event, especially one that <laughs> includes me potentially drowning in the lair
0: of mer people. Just another problem with the uh, what goes on at Hogwarts. There's just they're, no oversight at all.
1: They're not even, like, upset. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it's, it's explained in the book that, like, you didn't need to wait to rescue Mary. They weren't going to die or anything. Okay. Um, that that whole scene is they they completely fuck it up and i was like Do they i will get to
1: the office and then like phil's just like like <laughs> i don't know like uh, what is it that's the, that, the <laughs>
0: like thing Wizard over the mouth? Roofied them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> chloroformed him. um the other the other bit with cedric that annoyed me is i felt like his death wasn't scary at all were you like what what did you feel when you watched that scene when they get to the graveyard was that spooky to you or his death yeah
1: his death? No, it was. I don't think it was meant to. That was supposed to be like that's how inconsequential he is in the face of these larger forces. Like it completely... is, but
0: in, in the book, it was like super disturbing to read, and I, I didn't feel like it was disturbing to watch.
2: Hmm. No, like, I mean in,
0: in the book, it's like there's like somebody coming out of the shadows, and they can't really see who it is, and then somebody says like kill the spare, and then just like a and boom, he's dead. And it's I, like holy shit. There's like there's like two seconds there where you see
1: Wormtongue coming out like with the, the light behind him, and that's scary. But then once you see, like, little fetus Voldemort, mm-hmm. it becomes comical, because he's so adorable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt like they should have kept that more in the shadows. I mean, the, the lighting in this movie is so bad. Oh, man. Well, it's especially, like it's, especially in the maze.
1: They're just trying to copy what Koron did, I feel like.
0: No, they aren't. Quaron, Quaron had a very kind of, like, green, earthy color palette, and there's way too much blue in this movie. Well,
1: the the whole locale there with the uh uh the riddle like, like oh
0: the grave, grave site all that mm-hmm. stuff
1: i mean that looked like uh, uh like the credit sequence from like skyfall <laughs> i mean like did he pick out the giant like death statue for his dad's grave
0: yeah that's a good question uh i think it's just the tombstone in the books there's no like super ominous like statue of death with a giant scythe.
1: so uh, Dan radcliffe's long hair makes his, his head look huge and his face look tiny
0: his head looked, his face looked so strange through this whole movie. Uh, he looked like he was pooping, for one, because he was constantly, like, concentrating. Uh, mm. And then, yeah, just the hair, the long hair, not a good look.
1: It was like those internet pictures of where people have baby hands, only it's his face.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, another big issue I had is I feel like they totally fucked up the scene in the book when uh, it's it kind of starts with Ron coming back from asking Fleur out and that was a huge disaster. This is after Harry's asked out Cho and gotten shot down as well. And Ron kind of like suggests like, Oh, Hermione, you're a girl, you know, like they, they put all that, they, they split up the scene for one and then they put the first half of it in study hall. So they're whispering to each other, mm. which it, it feels like it ruins the whole vibe to me. It's like the lions can't really land cause they're all whispering and like trying to like, you know, get away with it while Snape's just walking around slapping people.
1: Well, they can't even do they can't even do the the thing of like Snape rolling up his sleeves Mm -hmm. to like bonk their heads because he can't roll up his sleeves.
0: (laughs) Well, it's all supposed to take place in the common room in in the Gryffindor Tower. And it's actually like this scene would kill like it kills on the page. It would kill on screen. And Jenny is there for one. And it's like they're making fun of like whoever like Neville is taking to the dance. And it's like it's revealed it's Jenny. And like Ron does this whole thing where he's like, all right, you know, Ginny, you go with Harry, like I'll go with Hermione. And, and Ginny is just dying inside. Like and it's funny because you're seeing it from Harry's perspective where he doesn't totally realize what's going on. He just happens to notice that Ginny gets quiet and then she's just like, I'm going to leave because <laughs> she's like just completely mortified because she has to go with Neville now. And like that was her chance to go with Harry. Uh, it's a really funny scene to read in the book uh and the you know hermione going with uh victor she doesn't say who she's going with yet but i I just felt like they could have played that whole scene out way you know if they just done it the way it was done in the book would have worked way better than wedging it into like study hall
1: jenny who we should mention has been upgraded to four whole lines in this movie
0: and she still looks like she's like three years younger than the rest of the cast for some reason she looks tiny in this movie
1: which makes it even weirder i felt like when Neville comes back from the Yule Ball and wakes <laughs> Harry up from his traumatic poop dream, and he's just like, Harry, can you believe it? I just got back.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, did they just hook up? Like, what are you implying?
1: Well, it's like, even though he's only a year older, it's like, Neville, that's not cool, man. That's not cool.
0: Well, Also, their dress robes, it's like halfway between like stage magician and vampire.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
0: Ex- except for Ron, who's wearing, basically wearing a dress. Ron is wearing
1: that outfit that, like, they put on Snape and when he came out of the uh, mm-hmm. the thing in the third one.
0: <laughs> when they, he uses his wand in the book to do a spell to cut the lace off mm-hmm. so that it looks just a little less cheesy. And to me, that would be a good thing to kind of show just happening quickly in the background or on the side. Like, you know, that'd be the, the kind of thing that, you know, Koran would have shown. It's like, hey, these characters can do magic. Let's show them doing it practically.
1: Felt oh, so bad for their dates. Mm-hmm. These two dudes are fucking horrible.
0: Uh, another really big issue I have uh, that they miss her in the book at the end. Voldemort, he's explaining how Harry survived, and he says it was because of love. Voldemort would never say that because he wouldn't understand that. That it's like his literally his blind spot through the entire series is that Voldemort doesn't understand love. He doesn't understand the power that love has. It's like Harry's secret weapon. Um, it's Voldemort's downfall. Uh, he so calls he it would old magic yeah he, he, in the books he's like oh she inadvertently invoked some old magic like it was just you know like lucky shot basically mm-hmm. uh, he wouldn't understand that it was because of love and sacrifice and so i don't know why they wrote those lines for him in the movie mm-hmm. it just annoys me um expelliarmus is supposed to disarm you when they use it on crumb in the maze they then run forward and kick his wand away because <laughs> he's still <laughs> holding it like what the fuck Uh, the underwater scene, the pacing's awful. Like, did, did, was it communicated to you that, like, Harry could have won if he had, like, just rescued Ron there?
1: No, it seemed like no matter what, Cedric was going to win. Cedric was just faster.
0: It's like Harry gets there first in the book and hangs out for a while. He wants to rescue the others. He's, like, he's waiting to make sure the others are rescued before, before he'll rescue Ron. And after a while, he starts trying to, like, you know, cut their bond- bonds himself, himself. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's no. played much more like like a very noble thing for him to have done. He, he you know, he's the last one out. He should also come out with them instead of, like, getting attacked by Granny Lowe's because uh, it, it almost made it seem like like Ron and uh, the Fleur's uh, sister just rescued themselves or something. You know, like they'd come out without Harry. Like, I, I Harry? feel like they just messed up the pacing of that entirely.
1: Harry spends all of his time in the Triwizard tournament like being confused and gawking. Like, where Cedric is mm-hmm. just like boom, boom, boom. I mean, I, no, I'd never gotten the impression that Harry was doing anything noble until after both Crumb and Cedric are gone. And then you got the sense that he's going to rescue the little girl because you know, Fleur hasn't shown up. Um, just imagine how like traumatic it must be to firstly be transmogrified into an animal against your will, mm-hmm. and then secondly, forced into the pants of one of your classmates.
0: <laughs> yeah, Malfoy. It's like they couldn't resist doing the ferret joke.
1: Um, when the ghosts or whatever show up at the end, though, I heard that when they go back and do the special editions, they're going to replace the actress who plays Lily Potter of
0: Hayden Christensen. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else on the books here? Uh, there was no dancing practice scene in the books. That was all nonsense.
1: So, so like, are there no other dances during the year at Hogwarts?
0: I I guess, yeah.
1: I would just think, you know, in addition to educating these kids on their powers, you'd think you'd also want to socialize them a little bit.
0: When they, they're plenty socialized as is. I mean, granted they don't have dances and whatnot, but I, I feel like it's, it's vaguely suggested that like the six and seven years are all like running off to like, you know, broom closets to make out. Mm. Um, yeah. The dancing practice wasn't there. Like the, the whole like complicated dance they have to do was strange. Like, I don't know why they couldn't have just waltzed. Um, another detail that annoyed me is Ron is often wearing the sweaters his mom knits for him in these movies, and mm-hmm. or in this movie, uh, I feel like that's against Ron's character. He usually doesn't like wearing them.
2: Mm. I um,
1: they did the weird thing, and where like the movie is trying to like either skewer this way or build up the love triangle. They did the thing where like Harry's the one to see like Hermione's descent down the stairs into the bloom of adolescence, like. Those are one of those things where I just like, were they trying to build up the dark horse, Harry Hermione uh, romance? Let's,
0: let's hold off on that for like shippers corner. Cause yeah, the, the ball in general, I have thoughts on it. Just the last few bits. Um, Wormtail calls Voldemort Voldemort in the kind of like quasi flashback dream scenes hmm. uh, when he's in that house with uh, Barty Crouch Jr. and little baby Voldemort. He would never say Voldemort. He would say the dark Lord. Um, That's just another detail that I don't know why. Like People, I, I don't know why the writers didn't catch something like that.
1: The weird, like uh, uh, groundskeeper guy dying just seemed unnecessary, and even mm-hmm. cooler when Harry repeatedly has this dream and the groundskeeper is like then deleted, like, <laughs> so it can be Harry's perspective. Um.
0: So does Hogwarts Express only run like twice a year? Presumably, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how there's there's a Quidditch World Cup. And it's, like, Ireland versus Bulgaria. And for some reason, Harry has a Bulgaria hat on. It's never explained. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. what, And I hate that hat, by the way. Those stupid big, like, cat in a hat hats. I just... Uh, uh, the
1: Jamiroquai hats? Yeah. yeah.
0: And, like, for some reason, the twins have, like, face paint on. Anyway, uh, just the concept of a World Cup in general. I guess the Wizarding World observes the same, like, nation states that the regular world does, even though they have a separate government. Yeah. That's a little weird, right? Um, what's weird
1: to me is that the tent that the Weasleys have at the Quidditch World Cup is both bigger and nicer than their fucking home.
0: Bigger on the inside. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't really execute that well. It's supposed to just look like a, like a shabby house on the inside with like armchairs and whatnot. Um, whatever.
1: I have no thoughts at all on Rita Skeeter, by the way.
0: I just want to know why Rita Skeeter's uh, quick quill quotes in her pad were already in the broom closet before she goes in there like why shouldn't she like she's supposed to take them out of her bag I don't know. it's such a strange detail that It's like oh she she snuck these in here before it's like they're really painting this idea that 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 harry's reaction
1: to the opposite sex is just on the verge of happening like the the first the, the encounter he has of her before he gets into the strange interview
0: or she's like half flirting with him yeah yeah then like her getting a little too close to him
1: Then the moaning Myrtle stuff, and then his (laughs) life. That's when he
0: became a man.
1: His, like, sweaty, like, nocturnal emissions dream that Neville interrupts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, the shipping shipping stuff. Let's let's talk about the relationships. Like, why, like you said, why does Harry get the Cinderella, like, witnessing Cinderella come down the stairs moment? That, That should be Ron. Yeah. If if I mean that's not even in the book, but if you're if you're going to insist on turning this movie into Cinderella in the middle of it, you should at least do it right.
1: It's like Harry's job is just to witness this and and then witness Ron being a shit and like maybe learn something about relations between men and women. I don't know.
0: I mean, it definitely didn't seem like Ron learned anything. I mean, you you could
1: still be completely like just happily friends of Hermione and acknowledge that she's a babe.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this is a little bit Hollywood. Like, Hermione is not described as ugly in the books, but it's, like, bushy-haired. It's, it, it is. It's, It's like, she, she's supposed to look pretty here because she, like, you know, put a bunch of, like, hair straightener in and whatnot. But, yeah, it's, like, this is Emma Watson, so.
1: Oh, so how old is Emma Watson during this point when they're doing this movie? Uh,
0: I don't know. I can probably look it up, I suppose. Just guesstimate. Guesstimate? Mm-hmm. Uh, 14?
1: Okay, so she looks more effectively for both story purposes and just you know ha- Hollywood glamorized like like nice, beautiful, gorgeous here than Julia Roberts does in a similar moment in Soderbergh's like Ocean's Eleven remake. You know when she comes down the stairs and like like uh, Brad Pitt and Matt mm, Damon are supposed to be like, oh shit, it's a pretty woman or whatever like, and it's completely bland and falls Let's- on its face
0: it is a weird moment it's like they really want to be like hermione is growing up now everyone uh, hey
1: perverts start your clock
0: yeah it's i don't know it's strange I, I i i like the way it worked in the book better where harry just looks over and thinks that like crumb has a pretty date and then he belatedly realizes that it's hermione like if they could have done something where it's like he saw her from behind or like her hair was in her face so he didn't see it at first i think it would have worked a little better than like it's Cinderella, everyone, and here she is. I don't know.
1: Do they play Filch as such a comedic buffoon in the... Uh,
0: no, I, the, the Filch stuff made zero sense to me at all in this movie. I don't understand what the purpose of him running up like that was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It didn't pay off anywhere, I don't think. Like that, didn't, that was never explained why he had to run up and whisper something to Voldemort, I don't think. Or not but Voldemort, I, Dumbledore.
1: I just feel like with Azkaban... You know, we watched, like, a Daniel Craig Bond movie, and then now we're going backwards, and here's one of your Roger Moore movies. You know pigeon double take and crazy, like, racist Southern sheriffs.
0: I mean, the the one credit I will give Ron, even though he's addicted to this whole movie, is I did like the bit where his date asks her. She's like, are you going to dance with me at all? And he's just like, no. I mean, it's it's a dick move, but at least he's he's being honest at that point.
1: Well, because he doesn't even value her opinion. He doesn't even
0: care that he's,
1: like, well, possibly her. he's clearly a
0: jealous, yeah.
1: Gary's offending this poor girl,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's it just doesn't seem like Ron learned anything here.
1: No. No, he's a complete like blockhead.
0: But just the uh the whole thing, like Well, and it I, seems way too much like like they're already like half a couple or something, like him and Hermione. Like the argument they have seems Yeah,
1: Ross and fucking Rachel right here.
0: It, yeah, it seems too, too like uh specific and and like romantic between the two of them when really it's supposed to be like it 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 should just be subtext
1: there's your there's your fan fiction 20 years down the line bloody hell we were on a
0: break yeah uh
1: ron's so frustrating
0: all right well it's general you know i'm not gonna
1: write you (laughs) yeah what the fuck well he's of course you would
0: write her yeah
1: I ain't gonna write shit, Hermione. Ha!
0: Well, and I, I mean, he's a dick in the book, too, but I think what you're supposed to get is that he doesn't fully understand his emotions for Hermione, and so it's like whenever she's like with, you know, Victor, it upsets him, but he doesn't... It's like... He, I, I, I think... I mean, to me, it's like he's just like a jealous asshole, but I think what you're supposed to get is that he doesn't understand that he likes her. I think that's what Rowling's trying to communicate.
1: Well, I mean... That and his his bizarre, like, out-of-nowhere jealousy for Harry. Um,
0: well, yeah, getting, let, getting let's talk glory. about that. Why, Why, in your opinion, was Ron mad at Harry in this movie at the beginning?
1: Seemingly like because he wants, like, power and glory or whatever. I mean, they, they do the, uh, the play off of, like, Ron's face real quick when Harry's, like, name comes up and Ron's all butthurt. And then he just becomes the biggest douchebag in the world to Harry. The whole fucking, like, so-and-so told so-and-so to tell so-and-so. There's Hagrid and dragons and yeah. what have you. Yeah. And then the whole, well, I don't know I,
0: I feel like they messed it up because Harry is supposed to be mad at Ron, too. But it, Harry seems is. largely blameless in this. Like, there's a whole thing when when he's talking to... Serious, and then Ron comes down the stairs. Like, Harry kind of blows up at him in the book and, like, throws one of those, like, Potter stinks badges at him. And so it's, it's, it, it makes it seem like Harry's the reasonable one through this for the most part, and that Ron's being the, the asshole, when really they're both being kind of petty.
1: Mm. Uh, We've gone a whole, whole episode so far, and we haven't said once, uh, Victor's a physical being. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the, Dawning realization on emma watson's face it's like you know hermione realizes the implication of what she just said and kind of <laughs>, laughs at it
2: <laughs> oh,
0: well that that shot of hermione taking her heels off like in a different movie that was about hermione that would be a good little bit yeah but then in, in a harry potter movie it's like why why are we seeing this yeah. exactly like i don't know it's i mean i like hermione i would love to see of hermione in all these movies but this is not the Hermione show. This is the Harry show. And so it doesn't make sense some of these scenes where Harry's not in them at all to like see these perspectives. Right. Um Jeez. This fucking movie. Um also uh <laughs> the Yule Ball, which is the cringiest thing ever. Uh Victor dancing, go go watch that. He's man, he's doing some some moves. He's like he, he's doing the uh like the C pep role a few times here. It's it's amazing.
1: This I mean like this this movie is is case in point why this would potentially work better as a TV show.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: I mean you could really space out and get into some of these characters, um and explore Ron whatever was going on ron's head and (laughs) and this stuff with dumbledore and the pens he have making it seem like he has a serious degenerative mental situation happening (laughs) i would like to think that dumbledore takes the train whenever he's called back to london to face the ministry but i just don't know
0: did you notice how dumbledore's accent was a lot thicker in this movie yeah yeah well did it seem in character for dumbledore to just be like eternal glory yeah like would would, is that the kind of thing dumbledore would be into doesn't seem like it I probably has flirted with it.
1: You know what I mean? I mean, I think at some point, much like the maze, like we've all wandered into that cave in Dagoba. Sure. Had to face our dark side.
0: So I wanted to talk a little bit about Avada Kedavra. What do you think of that spell? So basically you're just
1: zapping someone to death.
0: I guess I feel like the way it's described in the books, it seems very kind of haunting and scary. It's an unblockable cur- killing curse. Uh, well, and mean, I what? just like the verbiage of it. I love it. It's kind of a play on abracadabra. Um, yeah, it just kills you. It's an unblockable curse that kills you.
1: Is it so? It's you have to say the words. Do you have to also be doing the the
0: wrist flick thing of the wand? Well, yeah, you have it's to a, make eye
1: contact. Is it all like necessary to complete the connection?
0: It requires like strong intent. I think it's mentioned. You know, like. But the, I mean, I think th- 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 I don't think th- they th- say th- th- it in the movie, but in the book, he says like. Anyone in this room, any of you kids could try this spell on me and it would only give me a headache because it like it requires like a powerful dark wizard with like, you know, strong intent in order to cast this spell.
2: Mm.
1: But I mean, I have to be in the room with you, like facing you. Yes. What if I like miss? But what if I'm pointing? The yeah, wrong you can direction? miss.
0: OK. Yeah. Well, it's you see it occasionally. You'll see the, the kind of green fire like that's a Vada Kadabra.
1: But I mean, then it just causes like what, like your heart to stop like you just zip. Cease!
0: It kills you. Okay. It magically kills you. <laughs> so one I of
1: the—I sh- should not look into like a biological reason for why you cease to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, it magically kills you. That's the—that's what happens. Um, it's unblockable. You can't you can't like go like uh, get you know the crash cart and be like clear and like bring yeah none of that.
1: And uh, we're told that there's no magical means to bring somebody back from the death
0: uh well not yet anyway well
1: uh, dumbledore says that to harry in this yeah. movie
0: yeah i mean we, we haven't got into uh the deathly hallows yet but although right. i don't know if you notice there's like some little easter eggs uh one of the things on his shelf looks like the deathly hallows hmm. there's like a little triangle with a uh you know sphere inside of it with the, the rod like uh, on his wand i think if you look closely there's a symbol of the deathly hallows
2: hmm
1: no, but when, when Harry brings up his parents appearing yeah, to him, yeah. like Dumbledore says you can't, you can't bring people back from the dead, Harry.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeez. How did you feel about Moody as a teacher? I felt like he was weirdly effective.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I found him refreshing. I like Brendan Gleeson in this role. I mean, can I talk about my, my Mad-Eye Moody thing? Sure. So, when he's revealed at the end to be Barty Crouch Jr., David Tennant, My initial take as that scene was playing out, and this was my initial take when I first watched the movie when I first saw it years ago, was that you were about to see that Mad-Eye Moody had been driven so nuts Mm. by the wars. Stared
0: into the abyss for too long.
1: Yeah, that basically he was like excited about the idea of Voldemort being back, that he was Mm -hmm. willing to do some bad things just to have the chase again. And I was like really geared up for that because that was a new level of darkness that I could get into. Um, Especially if you had... Had, as they kind of showed he was an effective mentor to harry in a certain way um and then he's just barney crouch jr which is fine reveal um but he's barney crouch jr is so good at impersonating that he fools doubledore for a whole year for the most part mm-hmm. like he does such a good impression of mad eye moody who is basically the same character like the same delivery in all the movies afterwards just maybe- yeah Tone down a little bit and not sticking his tongue out at everybody. Um, but then I don't remember why now, but you don't ever see Barty Crouch Jr. again, do you?
0: No, that's one thing that they never follow up on. They they don't follow up on that. They barely follow up on prior incantatum and, and what's going on there. But yeah, he, he gets the Dementor's kiss from Fudge. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole plot line that they excise from the end of this movie or the, the end of the story where uh prime minister fudge or he's just minister fudge sorry um he doesn't want to believe voldemort's back and so he like he brings a dementor with him to the school uh Barty Crouch jr gets a dementor's kiss that's her only witness to explain that voldemort is back and all that and like it's it's like a a scandal where like when when voldemort says that you know cedric was murdered uh by lord voldemort the, that's like a, a shock to everyone because they've been told that like Voldemort's not back. And then it begins this whole war between Dumbledore and fudge.
1: You know, fudge just seems like such a, like a goofy pond. Mm-hmm. And it seems odd to me only because of the fact that his job regularly brings him into contact, like working relationship with like creatures, like the Dementors. Mm-hmm. You'd think he'd be less of this fuddy duddy, Yeah. Dork.
0: um but yeah barney crock jr there you get a little bit of this in the movie you get more in the book he's like a weirdly effective teacher and it it almost makes you wonder because in the book it suggested much more that he wasn't like this mustache twirling villain or Mm. i should say like you know tongue spitting villain (laughs) um it suggested that he maybe might have even been innocent and was like in the wrong place at the wrong time type of thing And so you have all these scenes where it seems like like Moody, who's actually Barty Crouch, is like really being like a decent mentor to Harry. And it's like, well, what does that mean exactly? That like other than the fact that he's setting Harry up, he actually does seem to be a good teacher. Like he he teaches them all. He actually teaches them defense against the dark arts. Like he has them all like practice, like throwing off like uh, imperial curses and whatnot. And he seems to be a good teacher. I also thought that was interesting in the book that. Other than the fact that this guy is, you know, setting Harry up for something. It's like maybe he wasn't as evil as a Barty Crouch senior thought he was. Right.
1: I remember when I watched this the first time I thought, are they just going to bring back the actual Moody as the defense against the Dark Arts teacher in the next one? That'd be clever.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, we get (sighs) Umbridge.
1: Not looking forward to to her.
0: I also hated the uh, like the POV shots from mad Eye moody's eye those are just bad
2: yeah
0: although like it's been suggested i i don't think they did it in the movie but like he can see through uh, harry's invisibility cloak hmm. um and so people are like does that mean he can just see people naked <laughs> like how exactly does that eye work because he can like <laughs> see through walls and stuff Huh. like he does that it's i don't know if he picked up on that when like harry's outside dumbledore's office and
1: oh he can't see he's facing the wrong direction
0: but his eye turned around his magical eye is pointing the other so way So his own,
1: his eye can look through his own skull
0: Yes Yeah <laughs> see I don't think they did a good job of communicating that and that stupid no, IPOV definitely I just help. think
1: that like that's what a badass he is He knows when he's being hmm. listened in on from the other room
0: mm-hmm which would
1: which is a much better detail i think
0: see i think it's funny that people call azkaban a bad adaptation when we're having this conversation right now about goblet of fire and like all the stuff they fucked up
1: yeah well i mean and that's another thing too is well the I idea is cool that it's a gadget and that always leaves me curious in the world of magic like mm-hmm. how much you need gadgets yeah. i mean i like the the weird little flask oh yeah that pops off
0: What's with people jumping out of trees in this movie? Yeah, I don't know. Like why why does Cedric Diggory like fall from a tree when we first meet him? It's just like he's a cool guy. He's in trees. <laughs> and like later on Malfoy's like up in a tree too and he does the same like jump down to like go, you know, get in Harry's face.
1: Oh, I feel like uh, I I feel like Malfoy should be like in love of Cedric Diggory, but I guess I guess he wouldn't be because he comes from poor stock. Oh, he's His his dad works uh, with Ron's dad, so man, like there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes who just like they're just itching to like be the arch nemesis of of young boys. <laughs> I mean, poor Voldemort, like that's a bad metric, but like you shouldn't ever have to like find yourself in a spot where you have to say to your uh, your adolescent, pubescent nemesis, like, I can touch
0: you now. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of Ray Finds?
1: oh oh like talk about like i want all of the scenery to chew i have quite an appetite
0: i wasn't totally a fan of like the the wispiness of the voice it just i don't know like when i hear it i just want to drink some water then like yeah my throat
1: yeah i mean i i I hope they shot the scenes of him like rubbing his feet on uh pattinson's (laughs) face all day
0: (laughs) i need another take Oh, that was almost my Kenneth Laurentius. Whoa. Um, what else do I have here?
1: I I I was what we just watched. I was asking you. I was curious. Is that the way it is in the book? Like the the prancing around, the performance.
0: It says he has like a high, clear voice. But I
1: mean, like the the you must
2: bow. He does that.
0: He does that. I mean, it's it's all in the execution, you know, as to how how campy that comes off. I guess.
1: Um, you think that I don't know, I, I, like what are the Death Eaters, which is a ridiculous name for a, like a posse of bad dudes mm-hmm. and bad ladies. Like, what are they thinking when Harry gets away? Are they just like shit? I need to go home and pack a bag and like go into hiding, or are they like,
0: well, uh, that's that's the whole uh, thing. It's like Fudge like doesn't believe on. Harry's account, which is why like you know Malfoy Senior you know Lucius there is still on the loose in the, in the next movie. Because nobody believes him. It's just like, oh, that Harry Potter. He likes to play the hero. He makes up stories. Uh, Harry's
1: but, basically accused of being like Gilderoy Lockhart.
0: Yeah. What was up? I felt like Hogwarts seemed faker again in this movie. Yeah, well, I mean. And the the distances between places seemed absurd. Like the Owry is like a whole separate tower. That's like this huge hike away.
1: Well, when, when Moody drags Harry away from the maze. Mm-hmm. So that's like you, get, you get the wide hike.
0: shot, and yeah, yeah, it's like, that's five miles away.
1: <laughs> that's just, this would be a pretty decent time for us to be able to teleport around Hogwarts, just saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's, that was the beauty, too, of, of the, all the connected sets and the long takes that Koron did with the whole time travel thing in Azkaban. Because it's like, we have to hurry. It's important. We have to run.
0: Well, and it, it gives you a real sense of the physical dimensions of the place, and, and the it, urgency, it makes yeah. it more real. Yeah. As opposed to, like, big, grand, obviously CGI, like, map paintings where it's like, hey, the Quidditch, you know, stands are suddenly, like, way far away from everything else. Yeah. Um, what, the, what, what are you watching when you're standing in the stands for these fucking tournaments? Like, okay. All right, I guess they're in the water now. So, am just gonna chill. Let's
2: Can you see, see anything?
0: No. <laughs> I mean, you would think maybe it's, I don't know, some sort of, like, magical video feed or something i don't know
1: like like when they do the uh wand against like the adams apple, and it like gives you a loudspeaker voice
0: yeah that also annoys me and in, in the book they just they do cast a spell on themselves but they don't have to hold the wand there the whole time um the overreaction to the age limit when when dumbledore announces there's an age <laughs> Bullshit! limit. oh shit i yeah, was well, like what the fuck why is everybody yeah, like, so angry? They're tearing things apart. They're lighting tables on fire. Fuck Fred, this! Ah! Fred and fucking George in this movie. It's like, yeah. take it down a notch. What's and the, they, like, come running in later, like, high-fiving everyone. That whole scene the sequence is awful when they take the aging potion.
1: Well, it's like half the class is on, but like, on magical steroids to, like, prepare for this I, tournament. I, which I think it's called only,
0: cocaine. <laughs> which and is, the entire cast was on it.
1: They've only just heard about Wouldn't they all just be a lot sweatier?
0: And they start fighting with each other when it doesn't work. That annoyed me. Like, they're supposed to just, like, laugh it off and, like, think it was funny that it didn't work.
1: Absolutely would not buy shit from them.
0: And <laughs> well, um, suddenly they're, like, they're, like, bookies. Yeah. Like, going around, like, taking bets.
1: Taking bets on their uh, little brother's friend and whether or not he'll die a horrible death.
0: By the way, the odds um, looks like Cedric was seven to four. This is for the dragon. Uh,. Fleur was ten to one, Crumb was five to one, and Harry was thirty to one. Nice. There's your odds. Who does somebody take a video camera
1: at some point and film Crumb doing shit so that when he does his intro to the Quidditch World Cup, you have something to show on the on the big screen
0: there? I guess
1: because he's not doing those same movements it's not like they're just projecting the same movements onto the screen well
0: it's it's like on monday night football when they like record the players introducing themselves beforehand
1: right But it, it's like a, it's a pre-taped thing mm-hmm. and I, I you know i'm not against the idea that like you can magically show a big screen but then the question i would have is what is the perspective
0: yeah well let's talk about crumb that dude has like two lines in the whole movie he's, yeah. a, he's just a black hole him and flirt both are like you couldn't have, like, these are going to be major characters in your movie. You couldn't have, like, I don't know, found better actors and, like, beefed them up a little. Gene Simmons gets much more character development. As Gene does, Simmons? Yeah. The Simmons.
1: Yeah, as does the super tall lady.
0: Oh, yeah, Meta and Maxine. Yeah. And then they all have, like, these weird kind of, like, wizarding warm-up jumpsuits. Yeah, and hype they, people. Yeah, they, they. Everyone else has like a hype person when they come out for the maze at the end, except for Harry. Yeah,
1: I mean, who is it gonna be, Ron?
0: I guess, <laughs> or like I don't know, Seamus.
1: I I would have rather like Hedwig came out. What Harry should have got is he should have got the kid who does the announcements for the the. Quidditch oh, Lee games. Jordan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I could see that.
1: Of course, Lee Jordan would probably would do it for uh, Cedric <laughs> instead.
0: Harry's, like, literally wearing a, a warm-up hoodie with his name on the back.
1: Yeah. Potter? Do they have to sleep in their tent the night before the dragon thing? Because there's beds in there. The
0: uh, Champion's tent? Yeah, I don't know. There are beds in there. I don't, I don't know what the point of that is. Are they, like, her, sequestered? Hermione shows up and literally throws herself into Harry's arms. Yeah. They they mess up the timing of that, too. Because, like, the article that comes out about her is, like, her and her and, and uh, Harry and Crum but mm-hmm. we haven't been introduced to the whole crumb concept yet of like her- him in- being into Hermione. Right. Right. Like it's backwards. I don't know. It's annoying. Well,
1: I mean, I don't know. Uh, crumb, you get a lot from that guy's just meathead Slavic look.
0: Fleur. I mean, they could have at least put in the scene where Hermione's trying to teach crumb how to say her name. And he keeps on pronouncing it. Hermione. Like, That'd just be a funny little bit like it's at the ball, the Yule ball, like a a couple moments like that or like when he takes Harry aside after that article comes out Mm -hmm. and he's just like, you know, what are your intentions towards Hermione and Harry's? I feel like they took this out because they wanted to like force a triangle because Harry's just like, look, like, she's not my girlfriend. Like, it's not like that.
2: Right. Right.
0: Which would have
2: would
1: still could have been used effectively to push a triangle. I
0: mean, but yeah, mm-hmm. of course
1: he's going to be in Hermione. Like, that that oaf isn't going to be in a library for any other reason. Come on. But yeah. like Fleur of course, they just didn't like, show
0: any scenes of him in the library. But I think sure. there's just
1: one where you see him run past and she's like, shh, or whatever. Um, Fleur is just like generically like blonde and French.
0: hmm
1: have a little sister.
0: I'm saddened that they cut out all like the stuff where like Hermione hates Fleur. Like, it's like this constant thing. And it's kind of like, it's showing Hermione's not perfect. She's a little spiteful and a little mean. Mm -hmm. Like, every time Fleur does anything, Hermione hates it. And it's just like, really, honestly, though. Well, Which
1: would have been great. It would have been a great continuation because, like, you have that moment of just a touch in Azkaban where she's just like, that felt good. And she she feels shame for just a half (laughs) a second. And then she's just like, fuck it.
0: That felt good. Yeah, she's constantly talking shit about Fleur. Uh, and it, it it continues as well because Fleur will come back later. Uh, and like none of the girls like her. I, I was like, they kept that in. Mm. Um, Ginny in this movie, I feel like she's still too timid. She should be over Harry by this point and a little more comfortable around him.
1: Um, fortunately, it's because the actress hasn't
0: aged since her first appearance. In the she first looks movie. like younger than she was in Azkaban somehow. Yeah. She's tiny. Like there's these shots of her with like Fred and Jordan. She's just like tiny, tiny little Ginny.
1: And she has her one line. I honestly thought that they had dubbed another actress when she's like, that's ghastly. <laughs> I was like, is that an older woman like doing that line dialogue for you? It doesn't seem like a, like a small child would be saying this. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I did like the, there's a little foreshadowing when Moody has Harry in his office and he mentions his chest. And he's like, "W won't bother telling me what's in there. You wouldn't believe me if I did.
1: oh I just thought it was a great detail setting up this this mysterious mm-hmm. character like I, I i almost wish that it had this had just been Moody, who's a little bit crazy, like a little more than a little crazy, and it's like you'll never find out what's in that chest, and that's why he's so cool. I don't know
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean we would have taken him into a
1: much different darker vein. but
0: eh. well, and that's theoretically, I think that's where he's supposed to be like explaining to Harry how he can pass the the Dragon Test, mm. uh, which what it really is, is he Harry has to practice a really good summoning spell to get his his broom to come to him. But in the movie, he just says like Asio Firebolt," yeah, and then his broom shows up.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, but I mean, still, for as much worse as this movie could have been, thank God they had Brendan Gleason because
0: he really sells, yeah.
1: even the little a little. He's good like, Moody. Yeah.
0: You're allowed a wand. But, of course, then Hermione has to tell Harry to use his wand, which yeah. is a little much. Oh, there's like, a moment where you like could you see. Don't, don't overdo it with Hermione.
1: There's a moment where you could see where she's looking at Harry when they're on the bridge alone together. Mm-hmm. After she has to chastise him because he lied and said that he had been figured out the egg like weeks ago. Where she's thinking, like, how do you even tie your shoes? <laughs> like, you're such a dunce.
0: Yeah. Well, and that dragon and scene she's just like, went on forever, too. And she's
1: like, you can believe me when I say that, Harry, because for some unexplicable reason, I'm attracted to Ron. Mm-hmm. Who's dumber than that brick wall over there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah that dragon scene goes on forever. The dragon, like, flies into a bridge and then, like, falls to its death? Like, what Harry, happens to the dragon?
1: Harry might as well have, like, like mailed off for, like, a package from, like, Acme. And painted, like, a like a black circle on the wall to have mm-hmm. the dragon fly into.
0: Well, like, what happens to the dragon? Do they get it back at some point? Also, Harry's broom is Firebolt for some reason. The, uh, the wooden part of it looks like a tree branch now in this movie instead of, like, finely polished. I don't know why that is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, what... Do they have, like, magical contractors who come out and, like, fix the damage to the bridge?
1: Well, like, in, in like, Romania, they're like, no, 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 no
0: you rented four dragons. You mm-hmm. sent us
1: back three dragons and one deceased dragon.
0: They're like, the dragon's fine. And
1: they're like, no, this is an ex dragon. <laughs> this dragon has dead. ceased to be.
0: Well, that's why I wonder, like, like during World War Two, did all the wizards then have to go to war with each other based on the same like, you know, country uh, you know, borders and definitions and whatnot? Like, it seems weird that they, they still recognize, like, England even though they have their separate government.
1: Well, I mean, See, it becomes a little bit like xenophobic because it's like you see these other two schools and you're like, Man, I really would rather go to Hogwarts.
0: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I I forgot to mention earlier, they it they only bring a small sampling of like the the older students who would be worthy or would meet the age limit for the long
1: along with the headmasters of those schools though.
0: Yeah. Um so they only bring the, the kids that would be eligible and it's supposed to be boys and girls from both schools instead it's like oh it's bobatons here's a shot of their satiny asses yeah. um, which i don't even know why that shot's in the movie <laughs> um and then like yeah bulgarian breakdancing <laughs> i it's never totally clear in the book to me are they attending classes with the other hogwarts students or are they like do they have separate lessons in like on the pirate ship or in the coach the i don't know that that was never totally clear to me <laughs> the
1: fucking like like pirate ship submarine yeah mm-hmm. They, I mean, I would like to see somebody do, like, a side-by-side comparison to see how parts of this movie hold up against, like, Jim Cotta. <laughs> uh,
0: it's, it's about the same level. When
1: Harry goes into the village of the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just do character rankings.
0: <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me see if I, I missed anything to complain about. All right, I just have written down, Massive Overacting by Doctor Who, bro.
1: It is a bit much because it it, it's it's like per capita a bit much. Um,
0: They really want you to like think this guy's like a supervillain. Uh, yeah. One last thing just while we we're Which watching now, this. Now he is a Marvel supervillain. Yeah. While we were watching this, we we're just noticing like a real lack of urgency from Harry get going into the maze. It's yeah. like Harry, yes. you've, you've been granted like I think he gets like an extra like 120 seconds or something. Which and he, it's, like, he wastes. He's just like. Eh, I guess I'll just slowly walk in and shrug and look around. Way to go, Harry.
1: Well, it's like, guys, maybe you should reassess your claims of Harry being an egomaniac, though. He just keeps staring back at everyone, like, please don't
2: make me do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, before we get to the power rankings, um, make one change. If you can make one change to this movie, what would it be? A different director? That's exactly what I have written down as well. <laughs> Like, could you, like, apparently they offered it to Koran, but he's like, no, I'm too busy with, like, post-production for Azkaban. Like, I would have rather they delayed the next movie by six months. Be like, look, we'll give you another six months. Like, whatever you need to do to come back. Yeah. Because it seems to me, because I know Koran, like, advised on this a little, but what it really seems like is that Mike Newell was trying to make a Koran movie, and because it's not his style, it didn't work. It's like he's trying to do this kind of high-energy thing that Koran was doing. Mm-hmm. but it that's not like his forte and so what came off instead is like everyone shouting at each other
1: let's say that's your headcanon here's my mm-hmm. headcanon mike Newell was making this movie possibly side by side with no idea of what Koron was doing <laughs> so he <laughs> I didn't see realize that. he didn't realize that the series had like like super leveled up mm-hmm. and he's just like all i've got to do is be slightly better than chris columbus
0: <laughs> i don't think he succeeded in that i really don't
1: I don't, e- I don't even know if I could compare them to Chris Columbus's movies because I, I have a lot of issues with those first two. Just the same, I have issues
0: with them, but they felt more true to the spirit of the books than this one did. I mean, not even not even plotline wise, but just like character wise, like I feel like Harry is just so blah in this movie. Like I went from like really identifying with like his like internal you know character arcs and Azkaban to just like not giving a shit about him in this movie.
1: Yeah, which is a shame, because then this this takes us right into, like, David Yates.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Character rankings?
1: Uh, So, I have Voldemort as number one.
0: Oh, really? I've got Snape, just because I, like, I couldn't think of anyone else.
1: Because I'm almost so pleased to see Voldemort by the time he shows up.
0: Well, this is the big moment, you know? It's, yeah. like, four movies in, you're finally really meeting the big bad in, yeah. you know, his current form. Well,
1: oh, and it's... It's, it's like... The second time you really see him, like, the present-day him, mm-hmm. which makes it interesting. Um, yeah.
0: I had Snape just, I mean, even though the whole stupid, like, uh, thing with his sleeves was dumb. Because he didn't do anything, really. He just, like, grabbed their heads. Like, yeah. I wanted him to, like, smash them together or something.
1: Yeah, I wanted, um, like I wanted him to do some, like, Three Stooges shit to their heads.
0: But even, like, his little, like, speech about the Veritaserum with Harry and, like, stealing his, his potion material, like. Just give Snape one of those a movie, and you'll be good,
1: well, I feel like that scene was written in just because someone realized that they've sidelined one of their all stars
2: mm-hmm. um, definitely
1: I mean, like the stuff with like Lupin and Snape and Harry in the hallway and the third one is perfect, and it fits into the story so nicely because you you're really working with your new character, Lupin, you're still using Snape right, and their relationship defines each other like beautifully
0: well, they cut out a whole bit where. It's another thing where like Harry is like almost gets caught while he's in the invisibility cloak out at night. Mm-hmm. And Moody can see that he's there and Snape is there too. And Snape's like he's sure that Harry's around and and Moody's like covering for Harry. And it at first you're thinking, like, wow, like Moody's like a pretty cool guy, and then it's like, Oh, that's why he was covering for Harry.
1: Right. Yeah. So my number two is Mad Eye Moody.
0: Okay. I have him three. Okay. Um, even even though he's a villain, I feel like he was Probably one of their better defense against the dark arts teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good character. Um, it it is a little. I mean, it's kind of hand wave. Like he he seems mostly like moody, like until right at the end, suddenly he's like evil moody. Mm-hmm. Like he, he does a pretty good job of Whoa. seeming just like a cranky old teacher.
1: When he shows up in the next one, and I I only remember certain things about the next one, and, and one of those things is like just how Dolores Umbridge made my skin crawl away mm-hmm. from me, like. I'm hoping that there's something to address that this is the real Mad Eye Moody. It's like it's like I know you you actually didn't see me in the last movie, but uh,
0: all of those same ticks and mannerisms they're mine. Well, they they explain in the book that uh, Barty Crush Junior used the Imperial Curse to learn all about Moody's. Like he he had he had them him there not only to make the Polyjuice Potion, but to learn all about him. You know, because that's another thing the Imperio Curse does. You can make somebody you know reveal things to you
1: so he he violated this guy's life in a lot of ways yeah okay
0: who was your number two uh harry just because i couldn't (laughs) think of anyone else i mean
1: harry's my number five (laughs) yeah
0: harry's super boring but i mean he's the main character so i I guess i just gave it to him yeah
1: um pity it's a pity ranking
0: yeah basically uh i had hermione or who do you have three hermione okay i had her at four um she, They they overdo the bossiness, I feel like, a little bit in this. Mm-hmm. She's more fun when she's in her like Teen Cinderella movie, even though it doesn't totally fit.
2: <laughs>
1: um, yeah, my number four is Dumbledore.
0: Okay, I actually had Dumbledore down pretty far. I thought he was kind of absurd in this movie.
1: He is, and it's a shame, but it was nice to see him get some screen time.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did have more screen time. Uh, some of the time he's not wearing his glasses, which made no sense to me. Right. But yeah, he's present. I'll say that for Dumbledore. I uh, like. He's like jumping around like a maniac, but.
1: There was something about what he was doing in the flashback that worked for me to set up like the, the, the depth, of, not just like the like emotional depth of the character, but that this is an ongoing story of which Harry's mm-hmm. only finding out slices of at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like the 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 bullshit that you're just there because you're an important person in this community, and people are just like randomly shaking your hands, and you're like, yeah, whatever, so. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's
0: yeah. like in the uh, I can't remember, it's like the Wizen Gamut or whatever. He's like the chief warlock of that society, so that he's not just there as a spectator.
1: I know, but I mean, obviously, he's he's there because he's important. But like, just of course, people are going to come up at any kind of function; they're all going to want a glad hand, and he's just like, yeah, what's up? Mm-hmm. huh, whatever.
0: <laughs> Hanging out with Moody, yeah.
1: Yeah. Took a bit of me out. took a bit of me at the same time, eh? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, I guess that's supposed that shows us that like Moody was always kinda crazy like this. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not just evil Moody. <laughs> that's just who he is.
1: Oh, and it tells you too how Neville's parents died. They didn't die. Or weren't they killed?
0: They tortured to the point of insanity. Oh. So, so I guess they didn't communicate that very well. Yeah, they had the Cruciatus curse administered on them to the point. Where they went insane. I don't remember because I've only watched the next few movies once. so mm-hmm. I don't remember whether or not you see his parents at uh, St. Mungo's in the hospital or not. Mm. But yeah, that's that's kind of like the beginning of Neville's arc here is. Because
1: right. uh, Neville's dad was a magic cop.
0: He's an or. Yeah. The Longbottoms. Good name. <laughs> uh, let's see. I have Voldemort at five.
1: Oh, shit, it's Detective Longbottom.
0: Yeah, or I should say Voldemort. Apparently, yeah. the T is silent. Which, if the T is silent, then it's definitely got to be Beauxbatons and not Beaubatten. Um uh, Yeah, Voldemort was fine. Uh, I wish his voice was a little less wispy, but other than that, I think it's yeah. good design.
1: I mean, just go, go watch one of those YouTube interviews where Ray Fiennes talks about all the inhuman snake shit or whatever he was trying to channel
0: (laughs) yeah and mike newell's just like sure that sounds good whatever (laughs) can you just shout like that's what i'm telling all my actors just shout all your lines of dialogue
1: he's like you seriously think you're gonna chew up every bit of this scenery by all means sir (laughs) the extras and the weird like pointy hats dark pointy hats they're just gonna kind of like whoa, whoa, and like shuffle around you as you do your shit so (laughs) have at it sir uh who do you five? Oh, five is Harry. Um, okay. Just because it just, what a horrible metric that the main character, the title character of this movie is that far down. Number six, I had Ron.
0: Okay, I had McGonagall at six. Even though that dancing, practicing isn't even in the book, just getting her to say that like that, uh, was it like some bumbling band of buffoons or baboons or whatever? Like, I don't know. Anytime you can make Maggie Smith say stuff like that, I enjoy it.
1: I just wish there was like a service that I could write away to and have like Maggie Smith like narrate audiobooks for me, like just any mm-hmm. audiobook would be so much more delightful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, seven. I had Cedric. So did I. Mm-hmm. I'd <laughs> I say wanted, that's about right for him.
1: I wanted like uh, like another three minutes in that scene of the the two of them racing through the hedge maze and like shoving each other out of the way or like grabbing each other's shirt to like tug back.
0: How awful was that maze at the end? It was like, we ran out of money. There's no magical creatures they have to fight. Uh,
1: They should have just aped the end of The Shining in so many ways.
0: Well, there's supposed to be, like, all these different creatures they have to get past. Like, Harry, like, that's the thing. He, like, alerts Cedric to a big spider, and uh, Cedric ends up, like, saving Harry from it. There's, like, a sphinx that Harry has to answer questions to before he can pass. There's, like, a weird, like, gravity reversal field they have to go through, like... The, the maze was cool in the book, not so cool in the movie.
1: Well, see, it made. It, it, here's how the movie makes no sense. Dumbledore specifically tells him there's no such items in this maze. Uh, yeah. He, he might as well have looked at the audience and been like, we don't want to copy of the first movie after all. But then he says, like, people will change in the maze. And then you see Crumb, and it makes sense. Okay, he's, he's like, dark side's taken over or whatever. Like, these seem so, dark side. So that's Vader. what
0: you thought happened?
1: Initially. And then when Harry's just like, he's obviously been like, whatever charm period yeah yeah and i was like oh then what the fuck was the whole purpose of them ma- is it just a maze you're magicians
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah um cedric i, I might have bumped you up if you didn't do that stupid like bicycle kicking thing coming out of the porky that the is look,
1: the look on his face like he's loving it
0: you see that it's like right at the start of the movie and you're just like oh dear
1: well, he, he looks like... a like. I feel like Robert Pattinson was perfectly cast in this movie. It's before he got really mm-hmm. fucking weird and popular. His hair got huge in the first <laughs> Twilight movie. Um, speaking of which, if you're listening to this,
0: we've considered at some point doing
1: the Twilight movies on this podcast.
0: Yeah, probably not next, but maybe we will at some point. Because we love k too And we hate um, ourselves.
1: Yeah. Uh, number eight, I had Barty Crouch Jr.
0: Oh. You know, I guess... When I said Moody, I meant Moody slash Barty Crouch, but sure. Um, I'm not actually a big fan of David Tennant in this movie at all.
1: This would be a hard thing to judge David Tennant on if this is the only thing you've ever seen him do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in other stuff. I just, I don't know, his his Crouch was like this ridiculous, like, lizard person. Is that in in the book? No, he's supposed to be, like, very young. He's described as kind of like an innocent looking like kind of like blonde, like maybe 18 years old, who's like just begging like he gets implicated with like Bellatrix Lestrange and some other people uh for doing the Cruciatus curse. And he's just like pleading with his father the whole time. Like, it wasn't me. You have to understand. And, and his dad is just like, this is damaging to his reputation. So he has to like throw the book at his son. And he's like totally cold hearted about it. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of like his arc in the book. But you don't get any of that here. He's just like pure villain.
1: He just look in the air.
0: He's just like, "Oh shit. They're about to name my name. I'm just going to slip on out of the side it here. No, like, nobody notices." He's notices. His like like slick, lizardy like three-piece business suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he he's much older like in this. He looks like he's in his mid-30s in that scene when yeah, he's supposed to be like late teenager. Uh
1: I I realize I have no one for 9. I have a 10, but no nine. Well, I,
0: I have eight, my 8 is Dumbledore. My okay. 9 is Neville. Okay, that makes um, sense. That would have been mine. I guess. I guess, although I mean that the dancing stuff is nonsense. That's another like uh thing that like perspective wise doesn't make a ton of sense, but my sure. nine
1: would have been Neville or the uh really cool chick that one of either Fred or George asks out.
0: Oh uh I think that's Angelina. The most Could juvenile
1: way possible. I think it's Angelina, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they ask her out in a totally dorky way. Does she come back? maybe i mean i'd have to there's like a wikipedia page out there that shows exactly like who what actors are in what movie so i'd have to look it up but i mean she's she's one of the uh chasers on the quidditch team Oh okay cool
1: uh so number 10 just for fun i threw in Ginny.
0: no Ginny didn't even make my list i had ron at 10 because he's such an asshole in this movie
1: that feels right
0: i mean does ron do anything valuable in this movie at all
1: just piss people off
0: I mean, he, he kind of half-assed, like, gave Harry a hint to go see Dumbledore to see the dragons. But other than that, hmm. he doesn't do a whole lot. He doesn't even fulfill his role of being, like, the person who is familiar with the wizarding world, who can kind of, like, explain things to Harry and Hermione. He doesn't even get to do that in this movie. He just seems clueless the entire time.
1: Just reading those are lawsuit because there's a canadian folk group called the weird sisters
0: yeah yeah i read well there's not a lawsuit anymore it got thrown out but yeah that was <laughs> stupid and it's like some dudes from like radiohead and uh some other band. Yeah. yeah
1: but it was, it was just to use the proper spelling of the name you know from Macbeth in this movie it's not anything to do with the actual the, the band itself because i think the deleted scenes list them as the band that needs no introduction because they can't say mm-hmm. their name yeah. yeah it's so stupid
0: Just the fact that some Canadian band would be like, this is worth a lawsuit.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Alright, well, I think that's the end of my character rankings. Um, Yeah, this movie, not a fan. I guess you could say it does introduce Voldemort, so you've got that going. I guess you could say that. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's hair is long for no particular reason. Which, I'll be honest, makes me dislike all the characters. I don't know why, but the hair just annoys me.
1: This, like, in community terms, this would be considered, like, the gas leak year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, nobody was just like, you know, the the long hair on Ron, that's just not a good look. Like, what are we doing to this guy? We're hanging him out to dry. He's already getting screwed. Yeah. <sighs> Alright, well, hopefully we'll be happier next time when we do... uh harry potter in the order of phoenix that might be next week might be the week after i'm not sure we might have to delay one but uh thanks for listening to this if you want to get in touch with us uh what are we at Pod on twitter yep. is that right yep uh we did get a couple of reviews thanks to the two people who've given us reviews in itunes and we had uh ev316 and farino13 uh five stars in both of them thank you very much glad to hear you enjoy this We weren't quite sure how to do this different format and whether or not people like it. But uh, hopefully people are enjoying that. So if you want to leave us a review, you can definitely do that on iTunes. We'd appreciate it.
1: Uh, The only thing I forgot to mention from the last two episodes was that Nicholas Flamel is a real person. Oh, really? He was a 13th century scribe who wrote many tomes on alchemy, as you do.
0: And then he had to put his affairs in order and die.
1: Yeah. All because of Harry fucking Potter. Way to go, Harry. Or as they say in England, potter.
0: Merlin's beer.